0: um
1: to the beauty podcast with me Emma G. In today's episode I sit down and have a lovely little chat with a gentleman and he really is a gentleman called Eugene Suleiman. Now this is a very very established hairstylist. He works on major shows at Fashion Week. Think Yoji Mamamoto, Stella McCartney, DKNY, just name a designer label and you know He's been there, done that. He's also a really fascinating character. Um, And I'll let all of that speak for itself. But the thing that really inspired me about Eugene is he is one of the original apprentices. And apprenticeships are things that I remember hearing about in episodes of Neighbours, for anyone who remembers. I do believe that Charlene, aka Kylie Minogue, was an apprentice mechanic. But um, I don't know anyone who's actually uh, done a proper apprenticeship. But back in the day... Eugene was an apprentice and he worked under Trevor Sorby and he learnt his craft. And when I interview successful people, people are at the top of their game in the way that Eugene is. If they've done those years of graft, if they've really done the hard work, put in the years and years and really sweated blood, sweat and tears, there's almost an instinctive uh, reaction once they, you know, are on their way to turn around and help the help the fellow behind them who's got a similar appetite for um, wanting to make it too, and it's really interesting speaking to Eugene because he really does take people under his wing and he's a real champion for people on the up and up. We sat down and had a chat. We had a lovely hour. He gave me his lunch break, love him, um, at the Weller Institute in central London. It was during a busy day of press appointments, trend presentations, um, styling, and also doing a Q&A with some Weller stylists. Um, so he um, he gave me his lunch hour, but we were in a working building. There's the odd uh, clibbity clop of someone going up and down the stairs. And there's a clank of some bottles at some point, And also an excitement about talking about... Um, comics I actually uh, gesticulated wildly and uh through through <laughs> the computer across the room well I knocked it off the side of a sofa but it, it felt quite dramatic at the time so there are a few bumps in the road on this one audio wise but just stay tuned for what Eugene has to say because uh, he really is a special guy enjoy
2: it's A good intermediate thing isn't it yes you get us warm us up
1: so what I want to ask I'm you... I'm pretty
2: transparent, I've got to tell you.
1: I like transparency. Transparent, yeah. Do you remember the old days when transparency used to be on photo shoots? Yes, totally. Before the before the age of digital.
2: I do. I remember when there were six or seven people on a shoot as opposed to 35.
1: It's so and, different And the now, work isn't it? was actually better. <laughs> do you look at it a little bit like a golden age?
2: Actually, no, I don't. I... I just wished, right, that then I truly appreciated what we had because I had no knowledge of where it was going, Mm. you know, and uh, in some kind of, in some kind of way I kind of feel that a little bit of the intimacy has kind of gone. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice for there to be a little bit of mystery, you know.
1: Do we have mystery anymore, though? Well,
2: we can try, can't we?
1: Yeah, it's harder to achieve than it used to be. I hold
2: back a little bit now, though. You to say? Hold back a little bit now.
1: <laughs> I remember... Which is really good. <laughs> a famous photographer whose name always escapes me is a gentleman who was married to Faye Dunaway, saying that it all changed with Princess Diana, because icons and celebrities and all of those things used to be unattainable. And yeah, then they not, suddenly f- not, became f- not far wrong. Right. And then they suddenly became, uh, you saw behind the, the velvet scenes. rope and behind the curtains yeah. a little bit. Maybe it's like that. But maybe definitely. Maybe definitely. There's an album name in that. Um, I want to ask you about You're how right. it all started.
2: How it all started.
1: Because I tell you for why.
2: Right. Because <laughs>
1: you got an apprenticeship. Yes. And it was something of a happy accident. You didn't go in asking to be placed with a hairdresser.
2: No. Um... It was really, really uh, quite odd, <coughs> <laughs> actually. And I, be really honest with you, I, I think in my life, it's probably the best uh, advice I've ever been given, ever, literally. Uh, and it was totally unexpected for me.
1: Um, what was the advice?
2: Well, basically, I was an art student uh, and um, being very young, uh and being in a band which i was which i was in uh punk band um instrument or bass, vocal? bass bass bass, uh, bass low-end theory for me
1: <laughs>
2: like it resonating uh, uh, and basically i just was more into the band than art <laughs> um and the band split up uh, Goldsmiths really wasn't an option for me anymore because I didn't really go mm-hmm. <laughs> that often, so I didn't really do the coursework, being young and foolish. Um, then I that all ended, the band ended, I got kicked out of the college, um, and I was really kind of at a lost end. Um, didn't really know what to do, and I just thought, hmm, better get a job. <laughs> So I went to the job centre and um, I filled out a questionnaire, and the lady—I forgot her name now—she uh, said you'd actually make uh, a really good hairdresser, and I just like looked at her. And I was like, "What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding!" What's
1: your reasoning for this deduction, madam? Yeah, can you
2: just like explain this to mm. me? <laughs> and she went, "Well, look, you're really lively. You—you uh, you obviously." You really like people. You've got a lot of energy. Uh, you're creative. Uh, I can see by the way you look, you're you, you know you're definitely not you're definitely not average, uh, mm. and you're quite theatrical, you know, uh, and a little alternative. In your, and I think the hairdressing industry would be really uh, good for you. I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, and I was like, she's like. Well, there's two ways of approaching this. One, you can get an apprenticeship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, or the other, you can go to college and get your city and guilds at college. And I was like, don't want a job. <laughs> so uh, literally, I, I, I went to uh, a college uh, that um, had a hairdressing uh, and cosmetology and barber, barbering and wig making um, course. City of Guilds, Uh, and I did that, and I was, I think I was um, the only boy with probably about 100 girls, Wow! and I was just like, I thought, this is just brilliant, (laughs) I love this, this is great, this is where I want to (laughs) be, and I found hair quite quite easy to do, Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I loved the wig making uh, course as well the postiche as they called it Uh, because I'm uh, I would say quite anal about what I do and a bit of a perfectionist and I loved the fact that I was actually rebuilding and making something from nothing Mm. Uh, and I did really really well in that so I passed uh, my city of guilds I did really well in that um, and I went to work uh, in a, a famous uh, London hotel, which was a Grosvenor House Hotel, okay. uh, as a barber. And obviously, I really didn't fit in at all. <laughs> uh, uh, so the manager said, "Look, what are you doing, you? You know, you you, you just you, you're great. You you know, you, you just don't fit in. You know that." And I was like, "Yeah." She said, look, I go to this hairdresser called Trevor Sorby. I was like, oh, oh I know who that is. Like, had completely that mm. completely naive. Like, I had no idea really who he was. I'd seen pictures in the hairdresser's journal. In fact, I just thought pictures existed. I never realised that there were photographic shoots or, or mm-hmm. anything. Um, and I went there for an interview. And... Uh, I really got on well with Trevor. He said, "You're a bit lively, a bit cheeky, aren't you?" And I said, <laughs> "Well, you know, <laughs> he's like uh, he's like. What do you want to do?" I said, "I want your job," and he went, "I really like you. You're really cheeky. Come for an in- come for a show me what you can do. Can mm. you do pin curls? Can you do sets? Can you do this kind of blow dry? Can you do a braid?" And uh, I took five models. Um, to, uh, to, to, to my, 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 my practical interview. You took a practical interview, so the 100 to one ratio had
1: worked
2: for you. Yeah, and he, and he went, yeah, you got the job. And I was his assistant and another guy called Stephen Moore's assistant for about a year. Uh, and I got on the floor really, really quickly. And I was probably on the floor like a month and he took me to New York to do a hair show and a seminar. and never really looked back and he taught me a lot of lot of lot of things that were i, I I've got to say I, I just don't think i could could ever get an education like that mm. before because he really kind of took me under his wing and worked me like a dog, but I loved it and you know we, we did videos uh, for, for looks that he did. Uh, we, did we did fashion shows, uh, we did hair shows, we did seminars, we, uh, we did our own little soirees, you know, and I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I, and you know, being like 20, 20 years old uh, and being in Covent Garden in that environment, meeting all these like really fabulous people, like washing Grace Jones's hair,
0: you oh know, my and, word. you
2: know. I was just like, I was just like, it was, you know. I just felt like I was uh, in heaven. So Do you know what so I mean? Yeah. I felt like everything was, uh, everything was doable. I used to wake up every morning and just couldn't wait to get on the train out of Thamesmead <laughs> to, go, to go to Covent Garden meet all these fabulous people.
1: Infinite possibilities. Infinite
2: possibilities. Went out with a model. Was introduced to. You know, a lot of fashion people. Covent Garden was a really trendy area at that, that time. Hip and happening. Hip uh, and my my first editorial was for the Face Magazine and, and ID. <laughs> you know, it's just straight in there. And I still worked in the salon because I love being in the salon and teaching. Yeah. Um, and I'd be really honest with you, I'd been doing session work for like 10 years before I even kind of thought that it was doable.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? And then all of a sudden, Prada turned up, (laughs) bang, straight in there, working with the young photographer Craig McDean and Pat McGrath, legends now. Legends, right? Right. We used to be called the Dream Team.
1: (gasps) You used to be like the Holy Trinity. We did. We did. Like Naomi Christie.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, we did all of that, uh, you know, pioneering work with like, you know, Kate Moss and, you know.
1: That's what I mean about the golden history, age. Really. And I was going to, actually I was taking some notes earlier during your presentation about... We never
2: knew it was golden though, we just had fun. We were just doing it because we loved what mm. we were doing, you know. It was it's a very different time, you know, and we weren't aware of where it could take us, mm. but we were just enjoying what we were doing and all of a sudden uh, it kind of exploded. And I'm glad it took such a long time to explode because I think we really learned a lot of lessons uh, that we needed to learn that mm. kind of prepped us for the future. And I kind of worry now about like a lot of kind of kids that kind of get into session work whether they, they've really kind of built up the skills uh, that they're really gonna need to mm. take keep their careers going for any t- any form of longevity. Yeah, you this know? is what's
1: fascinating about your story and the reason why I sort of started with the apprenticeship mm-hmm. is because you did the graft you put in the time I worked like you learned you, you, you worked your <laughs> yeah, way yeah, up the totally ladder yeah. and I think everyone nowadays is so quick and think they can leapfrog off you know you
2: can't you know you just have to you just really have to immerse yourself in in, in what you're doing and, and uh, do as much as you, you could possibly possibly do and you have to love what you do you can't you can't think of it as a means to getting somewhere. Mm. You know. It it happens for sure. But you you know, you really need to, to to put in that work and you need to be passionate about what you do.
1: When was there was there a shoot or a, a particular experience when you felt like your confidence had really grown or you, you suddenly felt it all came together?
2: Can I be really honest with you? Please do. I still don't think my confidence has grown to that point, uh, and I think that is probably, uh, no, not is probably, is probably the reason that I'm still around doing here, because I'm never, ever sure if what I do is, is good enough, in all honesty, mm. uh, and you know, I was having this conversation with Pat, a makeup artist, that I, uh, who's a mate, mm-hmm. uh, who's like legend, we're having this conversation, like we were, we were at a Margiela thing, uh, like last season, and like the assistants are going, oh, oh, that's amazing, that's amazing. And Pat and me, we like looked at each other and we were like, is it amazing? <laughs> is it really amazing? She went, I don't know. I said, I don't know. Let's do this. And we went, yeah. That's amazing, and I think we're, you know, we are definitely um, our own worst critics, you know. And I think it's a very good place to be in, from a creative standpoint, mm. to to actually really be able to sit down and just kind of like analyze what you do and maybe fine tune it, and not be afraid, right, to say, you know what, I actually made a mistake. Mm. I shouldn't have gone there. We need to go here, but. What you do understand right is that it's all part of a process right and sometimes you can't rush that process mm. you, you you have to explore all of those avenues that lead to that point where you you, you know you you feel confident about mm. what you've done and you believe in what you've done and I think you have to believe in what you do mm. have to
1: and you can't
2: front it you really can't.
1: No, there's only the amount of a certain distance you'll get with bluster, isn't there?
2: Well, you, you know, I, I mean, I guess, I guess that uh, there are many, many, many roads that lead to uh, a place. You know, you can either take uh, the motorway and get there, or you can do the little back roads that we've we've always kind of done. But I think the back roads are more the, more of the interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Straight lines kind of boring. You know, um, yeah. for me, anyway.
1: You work. When we talked earlier about the designers that you work mm. with and, and coming up with a collaborative vision. Sure. Tell me, explain that to me. How do you get onto somebody's creative page and then go forward and do what you do? Well, you first of all, standpoint.
2: first of all, what you do is you put who you are out there. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, people gravitate to uh, maybe your wavelength your aesthetic uh, and they come to you I, I never um, push myself in any direction. I feel that uh, my, my opinion uh, has to be a, has to be a pure one to be understood mm-hmm. and uh, there needs to be a like, lot clarity there, you know? And I think people kind of respect that. Mm. And if they're drawn to what you do, you're obviously working with the right people. And I think you have to work, when you work with a designer, you have to work with a designer whose work you absolutely adore. Mm. You have to get them. Um, and it's really strange, like my first show ever uh, in Paris, was Yoji Yamamoto, and you know, he's like the master of black, right? Literally, I can't speak a word of Japanese, Mm -hmm. right? He can't speak a word of English. But visually, and and without being too deep, spiritually, we connect. Mm -hmm. We are, we're very connected, and I really understand the spirit of what he does. You know, mm-hmm. and for me, the fittings at Yoji are always very spontaneous and really intuitive. They're never um, over researched. It's just like you go in there and you you have three hours where you you just you just work it out. But but working it out is the joy of it. it the journey of working it out is is like tantamount to producing something that you haven't seen before and you have to immerse yourself in that person's spirit Mm -hmm. uh, and and their vision and then just work it out. When you work with someone like Pat, it's actually Pat McGrath. Yeah, it's it's, you're working with like um, an incredibly talented, uh, intuitive, warm human being. So really what you're doing is you're just really enjoying that moment and feeding off of that moment and doing something that you probably haven't done before Mm. you know it's really weird like the last fitting we did for Yoji people went my god how did you guys come up with that and I was like you know in that fitting that fitting from a hair point of view took 15 to 20 Mm. minutes and they're like no way i said pat took like two and a half hours on the makeup because she needed to you know and i kind of work with pat in in that way she's like what do you think and i'm like maybe that could be a bit smaller or but this or that mm. and uh, she goes to me you know it would be really nice for the hair is if it was black and you go yeah okay and you take it on board and you you kind of you work with one another
1: do you think fear of collaboration just ends up killing creativity?
2: I, don't, I think it's insecurity. It's huge insecurity not to trust your environment and and trust the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. It's it's huge insecurity, and I I don't I don't see it as productive in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. And you know, Yogi, 73 years old, is like, oh, I, I need to go in like 20 minutes, and you're like shit can i say that <laughs> shit yeah. I got and we did the fitting in 15 minutes literally we did it like the weave was put on the hair was done you know dried and you know what when you when you work really fast which is what we have to do the mm-hmm. session hairdressers we have to work really really fast mm-hmm. we're not in a salon we don't have an hourly appointment right we, we we've like you know, and we work in extreme conditions, we work in very small cramped places and stuff like that. So you you have to be I guess very, very flexible. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes the restrictions in your environment can make you really creative mm. and you have to problem solve. And if you problem if you problem solve intuitively, I, I think your work definitely has a kind of spirit and a life of its own. It's a bit like when I first did a Yoji fitting and I I, I went in there and I looked at all these racks of black clothes and it looked like really, really heavy and Mm. like, and big. And I was just like, a bit confused. Didn't really quite know what was going on. And I, I kind of, I hit it very quickly because when the clothes were on they have this kind of lightness and this life. And I thought, this is really interesting because this guy doesn't just design clothes. He's kind of thinking about the shape of a woman's body inside the clothes and he's thinking about that space between the person Mm. and what they're wearing and what it does as it moves. And it was really quite mind blowing for me and I thought, oh, okay. What I need to do <coughs> is to have this kind of graphic quality to it, but this life mm. inside it. So I decided that the negative space inside the hairstyle was the thing that made it work. Wow. You know, so you just kind of, you just, you just click onto things very, very
1: quickly. Mm. How much research do you do? Do you go in and ever just look at a collection? And just intuitively and instinctively say everyone's this.
2: everyone's different, you know. Everyone's different. Some people need that 40 40 pages of of of, of uh, you, you know of, of, references. Of, of references, right? And some people they don't want it. They just want your spirit. They just want it. They just want you to kind of feel it. You know. Mm. Uh, some people want all of it. You know and then it changes yeah. but that's the process so you should never like look at that and go oh jesus i did all of that work because all of that work was for a reason mm. to know that you're not going to go there you're going to go somewhere else yeah. and that's really good because that two re for two reasons it's really good one reason is the designer knows that you're in it to win it
1: mm-hmm.
2: right and you're going to do a really great job for him because you have spent time and you've considered you know what mm-hmm. you know where they're, where they're coming from. Uh, so I think it's a form of education mm-hmm. and it's a really good preparation for the fitting.
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: If you go there or you don't go there, it doesn't matter, mm. you know. Wow. Well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my wife goes to me, oh, Jesus, you know, you just you just spent, like, two days on that, and you didn't do that air for that show, and you're like, but, but that's not what it's about. It's
1: like relationships bad relationship just gets you closer to your good relationship. <laughs> totally. Bad experience, you know.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all formation.
2: Yeah, you know, people are different though, and I think you kind of like, you have to be very, um, you have to be really kind of understanding mm. of of the pressure that uh, a lot of these designers are in, you know, because every six months, right, they've got a. well, it's not even that anymore, is it? Uh, it's like four times a year. Uh, with pre and blah 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 mm. and couture and menswear and you know the whole shebang but you you have to realize that these guys are under extreme pressure because they employ so many mm. people they have shops around the world they have staff that they have to keep in in in, in work you know they have to feed their families uh, it's an ecosystem the, yeah for essential. sure you can't You can't just look at something in an isolated way anymore Mm. you know you have to you have to think about it as a creative business like art and commerce Mm. and and that's really what it is it certainly is that for the designers that i work with because i think they're probably the most creative designers in the world uh you know you have to realize that they're under extreme pressure to kind of sell clothes and create impact Mm. in 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 a fashion week where everyone's striving to create the Create impact and mm. to do the best that they can possibly do or do the show of the season you yeah. know so you, you know you have to respect that and you have to give them what they need.
1: Um, you talked about a designer who spent a lot of time in upstate New York and became inspired by this kind mm. of Stevie Nicks hippie um, element between Roland, seasons. Yeah, Roland, yes. yeah. What do you do to withdraw and get new inspiration? Where do you go?
2: Do you know what? I'll be really honest with you, Uh, a lot of the time I live in my own head Um, and I'm always dreaming and I'm always looking and sometimes I'm not even aware that I'm looking until my daughter points it out to me She says, Dad, you've been looking at that that tree for like an hour. And then I go, oh yeah, I have. Uh, And I realise that I've actually been researching. (laughs) you know, subliminally, and I do that all the time. I'm just constantly looking at things. Obviously, there are places that uh, really inspire me, you know, like um, like youth culture, uh, art, music, films. Um. I, I, I just have a vast selection. of com- I have a collection of comics that you could probably feel, you know, like the ground floor of Forbidden Planet, in, ranging from like uh, the, uh, the, the, the very early 60s, like, uh, like Spider-Man number one. You've uh, got Spider-Man number yeah. one. I haven't got Amazing Fantasies 89, which I would love. So if my wife's listening to this, one day <laughs> you're going to make me a very happy man, uh, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, golden Age to Silver Age to comics of today, because I still buy comics.
1: Where do you
2: go for your comics still, Forbidden Planet? Oh no, I go everywhere. Everywhere I travel, I go to. Uh, I buy a lot of comics in New York, Midtown comics. Is it St. Mark's? Mark's. <laughs> yeah. No, Midtown's a bit better, better selection. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, you know, people that sell comics on the street in New York, uh, Paris, uh, Forbidden Planet. Gosh, comics in Bloomsbury, um, everywhere.
1: Do you... Okay. As a comic book fan, how do you feel about all the comic book movies? Love or hate? Or indifferent?
2: Oh. I have to say, the new Fantastic Four was beyond brilliant. Really? Really good. Ant-Man was fantastic. Wasn't Uh, it just? Yeah, I really liked it. Very... uh, Really, really great, um, you know, uh, and I think if you like some, some, I've, I've nicked one of Stan, you
1: know who Stan Lee is? Stanley always makes a cameo in the Marvel movies.
2: Absolutely. Well, he had a big saying called Nuff Said. <laughs> 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 and uh, I kind of use that a lot on my Instagram. <laughs> Nuff Said. <laughs> Nuff Said. You know, uh, Stan the Man yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love them. I think the some of the Batman movies have been incredible. Have um, you seen
1: the new one? Batman versus
2: Superman. No, not yet. Got two kids. No Don't spoilers. worry, I'll get ready. it. No, eh? no, no.
1: I won't. I won't give you any spoilers. Winner,
2: hmm? winner, Plummetter? Good, bad, ugly. I'd
1: say it's a three out of five.
2: Ooh, that's not good.
1: Well, three is fairly, first, solid. Yeah.
2: If it's, I say I think my my favorite my favorite Batman was uh, was Michael Keaton. Oh. Beyond, every day of the week. Every day of the week. You know, uh, you know the Tim Burton Batman genius. Danny DeVito, incredible. And Gotham,
1: not Michelle bad. Shell Pfeiffer.
2: I, there's another, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just insane. Enough said. Nuff said.
2: Except that's DC, not Marvel. But yes, but true. you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, amazing.
1: Right, I'm glad we're into comics. Um, Sorry. Because that was a little diversion, but I'm fascinated. I love that you're into your comic I
2: love comics. I love um, vinyl figures collect a lot of vinyl figures I collect art. Uh, do you
1: find new artists?
2: I do, do yes.
1: Do them out?
2: They kind of find me I don't know I don't know how it how it happens yeah but there's a I bought a really beautiful um, piece uh, about a year ago that uh, has just arrived <laughs> Um, and it's um, by two Italian uh, ceramic artists called Bertozzi mm-hmm. Uh and it's a, a flower vase. Mm-hmm. It's huge, with ceramic flowers and insects crawling all over it. Oh, wow. It's like a, Is it on
1: Instagram.
2: Uh, no, it's on. It's an ecosystem. A, an amazing artist called Tessa Farmer. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She, you should Google her. She's she's crazy. She uh, builds uh, mobiles from insects and tree roots. She creates these from uh, from from little roots of plants. She creates these little skeletal uh, creatures that have uh, flies' wings on them that do battle in these environments with wasps. I mean, she's a a Google situation. She's really just like you know, like three kind of. I've got a rabbit. It's a rabbit skull, the the piece I have, uh, and it's these kind of skeletal fairies, little dark, fairy, naughty fairies doing battle with wasps. <laughs> amazing. It's like unbelievable with two of her wisdom teeth in it. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's really really amazing. Um, uh, also, I own quite a bit of Chapman Brothers art, and which probably leads me to probably, I would say, the highlight of my career. It has nothing to do with fashion, but uh, I did, um, well, uh, a friend of mine is um, a friend of theirs, uh, uh, and about 10 years ago, they made a chess set for an exhibition called The Art of Chess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know their little figures that they, done with, you know, protruding noses, which used to say subtly, <laughs> a mouse without teeth. Um, they created a chess set, and these wigs arrived, and they just hated them. They were just like they're rubbish, we just can't show. And a friend of mine went, Eugene, who, who was, who's an art editor. He used to be the art editor of another magazine, and he does work for Art Forum huge can you help us out and i was like yeah sure and i went in there and they're like really nervous like what you're going to do and you are just like you know i think we should do this and that and they're like yeah right, right. <laughs> and they loved it and i kind of set myself up i didn't realize that the chess sets were going to be editions of 10. so every year i've literally been like doing these miniature wigs for these chess sets wow. Uh, but they've all been very different. A lot of work. A lot of work, but i got to say, um, working with people like that. Uh, and that's
1: highlight, the thing you're proud of. They're
2: just inspiring, and they're just kind of not knowledgeable about hair, mm. uh, but they, they have these ideas, and you kind of like, you, you talk about things that um, are, are really interesting. Like, for instance, um, The last set for Dinos, he's the the artist proof. Uh, He decided that he wanted to completely change the figures. He wanted some of the figures to be blue Mm -hmm. and some of them to be like this salmon pink. Uh, And... I was kind of like looking at these figures because the genitalia of these figures, they they kind of reminded me of flowers because, because the genitalia actually... Was not there to create mm-hmm. life you know there wasn't manly ma- masculine or there wasn't they weren't feminine yeah. they were almost like worms, <laughs> so you think how would they how would they produce children and I thought of them as flowers in a strange kind of way yeah. because flowers need to be pollinated mm-hmm. um, and I kind of did a little bit of research and I thought let's see what we can, let's see where we can go here. And I hit on this um, website called Heirlooms. And basically uh, Heirlooms was an old Victorian ladies craft where Victorian ladies made flowers from hair. So I decided, right, that these kind of um, figures should have these kind of like floral, kind of hairstyles made of hair and they were like oh we love it because <laughs> the figures are not particularly attractive but they look very beautiful with mm-hmm. this kind of um Marie Antoinette floral kind of denim blue hairstyle yeah. and uh these these kind of like salmon orange colors they look really very or- ornamental and, and beautiful. Wow. Dinos went he's like he went he, he's really funny because he went to me he said I oh, Press the Eugene button and I just never know what's going to happen. And, he, and he's like, Thank you so much, you've done the best. <laughs> Can I paint you? And I'm like, Dude, anytime you want to do a painting, i you. <laughs> want to welcome. Oh, wow. I'll do your painting. You know, so yeah.
1: incredible. Hmm. Now, I friend, went on
2: a bit there, didn't I?
1: Well, I sort of got lost <sighs> in it of this. Yeah, so did about these I. Yeah, games. it was amazing. Um, obviously, it means a great deal to you. Because, Absolutely. As you say, it's your highlight and you could talk. For but, a bit
2: longer, <laughs> which I won't do for you.
1: Um, oh, asking about the apprenticeship, I, I really, I, as I said to you before, you really grafted. You did, you did the work. My
2: hands to. bled.
1: Was that playing Literally, bass? <laughs> no,
2: it wasn't. It was shampooing. Literally, like I, I think I used to do about average about 40 shampoos, 50 a day. Christ. I used to sleep with, you know, <laughs> cream on my hands with. With gloves on, and literally, like I'd do that, and like my knuckles would crack.
1: Ever think that? I would never think that. Literally. Now.
2: But I still kept
1: on. I think when you soldiered th- on. You soldiered on. Yeah. <laughs> Brave little soldier. you. I think that when you've done that, where well, you have grafted, mm-hmm. once you get into a position, there is a sense of a very automatic, natural instinct to do the same for other people on the way up. Do you find that you, along the way, you say you have artists just sort of find you? Do you have people who gravitate into your space Absolutely. and then you carry them all the along?
2: time? All the time. I don't. I don't uh, do you know what? Uh, I have to say, I've, I've really uh, been enjoying my Instagram at the moment, uh, and I'm going to mention it. It's Eugene Suderman. Uh, we'll put and all the links
1: to Instagrams and the yeah, show notes please, as
2: well. because because um, it's really great to see kind of like who's out there and, and who who I follow. And we kind of, there's a dialogue that I have Mm. with uh, a lot of my followers. Obviously, I don't have so much time anymore, and it may be, maybe take me like a week or two to kind of get back to someone if they write write to me. But it's a really great way of of sourcing assistance and and like minded people.
1: So, in the way that when you met Trevor, he said, I like you, you're cheeky. Yeah. Um, and here we find ourselves here we find ourselves years
2: later and someone's actually kind of uh, talking to you about it yes people do gravitate towards me um i met a really lovely uh german couple um uh in uh, a trend vision event uh last year and i just just ended up talking to them because i like to talk to people and uh they're like, can we assist you? And I was like, well,
1: just out of the blue, just
2: yeah, no, but you know. And I said, well, yeah, sure, but you know, like I already have a team, and they're like, we don't care. We just, we just want to go. We, we, we really want to do this. Uh, we, we like, we totally, we totally get where you're coming from. Uh, we just want to be part of it, and I thought, why not? It's a like,
1: lovely piece of validation. Yeah, I
2: thought home home. I thought we just want to be part of it and I said okay, alright, um, I guess I'll see you in Paris, right? And these are the dates and we worked it out, we're so excited, what do you need us to bring? We, you know, And I was like, you bring a blockhead, a basic kit, all the other stuff.
1: What's
2: a blockhead? A, a dummy head.
1: Like Girl's World? Yeah,
2: and I said, you do realise, right, that you're going to be doing a lot of work and it's not just the show, right? You're going to have to help me prep, you know, you have to understand um, my way of working and, and the process. And I have a really amazing, amazing friend who's an incredibly, uh, like, sublime hairdresser, like, beyond, uh, called Dehan Cezinovic. He used to be my assistant. He lives in Sweden now. And I said, Dan, I've got these two people, and I feel, I'm, I, I feel them, I, th- I think I get where they're coming from, and I really think they're quite special, and they're going to come to do the shows, would you come, just for me, as a, as a favour, to kind of teach them like some of the basics, mm. like braiding and stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, sure. So I rang him up. I said, "Look, I'm gonna. I've got a really amazing hairdresser coming over. You have to be prepared to work really hard, and he's gonna give you a basic kind of skill set of, of what it, what, what you're gonna need." Mm. And they were like, "Oh, great!" And I said, hey, "His name's Day." And they're like, "Dayhan Tesnevich." I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "Oh, god, we can't wait. We can't wait." You know, you should see Dayhan's work on on Instagram. Brilliant, brilliant. Literally, brilliant. Again, we'll put scares the life notes. out of me. The talent in this boy, really? he's genius. Yeah, brilliant, and I love scares it. Scares or and inspires I l- you? Scares. <laughs> scares because we're just kind of, we're we're just. We have very similar ideas, but completely different sensibility. It's really bizarre when I look at his work. It's kind of yeah, yeah, amazing hairdresser. And I went to. him what do you think and he's like they're really really good really really good and they kind of scared the life out of me because after just just be on the last day of the show they went oh we went out yesterday oh, and we got some tattoos done <laughs> and i said you, oh, yeah we got some tattoos done and i was like really and Oh, wow. And I nearly fell over. Listeners. I was, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know whether to be really scared of you hashtagging Team Eugene on your arms. Yeah. Or, we'll or just, like, fall over. <laughs> you know, I was really, like, mixed emotions. I was like, guys, you know, we love it, we love you. Like, crying. I was like, Jesus Christ. But
1: as you were telling that story, crying. you were getting a little bit glassy eyes. Yeah, I
2: know. But, you know, but I just think... Isn't that really what you, not the tattoos, but just the the enthusiasm. Isn't that what you want? Yeah. That's what you want. And you want people like that around you. I do. Mm. You know.
1: You don't want anyone to be half-hearted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Really bonkers. I was just like, you're crazy. Then I looked at it and they're covered in tattoos anyway, so you'd never (laughs) notice it. but I was, I was just like, that's a bit full on. I said, don't worry, you're going to come next season anyway. Mm. But you really didn't have to go there.
1: Tempted to get one for them in return? <laughs>
2: no bloody way. <laughs> I pride myself in not having a tattoo, actually. If you
1: want to be different these days, don't have one. Don't
2: have a tattoo. Never have a star.
1: Never have a star. Jesus. <laughs> Do you see oh. stars on everyone?
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um... I want to touch on something because we are drawing to the end of our... We've had our wrist slaps, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> our magical time with you. <laughs>
2: lovely Rachel over there, smiling <laughs> sweetly.
1: <laughs> but you were talking... What a
2: lovely course. smile you have, Rachel.
1: Rachel does. Rachel very kindly gave us the, the international sign for Can You Wrap It Up? It was so very good. She didn't do good. that. It was very Yeah, it was good. Yeah, there was nothing threatening. Nothing
2: Nothing threatening. Or um, aggressive. Go on, Sorry.
1: <laughs> You talked earlier to me privately, before we started the podcast, about mm-hmm. uh, this kind of, um, the personality of models coming through. And mm. I want to touch on this because I'm, a, I, I'm obsessed with the supermodel era. I think I've mentioned it a few times. And just a few. Just a few. Yeah. Just this, <laughs> because it was, it was magical. You look back on it and you can see that it's got glitter, dust and sparkle and magic and whatever all over it. You just look at pictures from that time. And they're fabulous supers. were they? Fabulous. And, oh, they Major, were fabulous. Right? But you said something earlier about how... Uh, Designers now are actually choosing and casting girls based on their personality, mm-hmm. and it, it, people aren't blank canvases anymore. And that's very much what it felt like at the time of the supers. It was about, it wasn't about the blank canvas. It was about what Cindy brought or what Linda did. Are we seeing that again?
2: When you, you know, when you, when I look at person, right, I don't see one thing. Mm. People are made up of lots of different. Uh, personalities aren't mm. they you know like we're good we're bad we're funny we're ridiculous you know yeah we're complex right and I think that now we are not in that generic kind of mindset or designers are not in that mm. mindset they are becoming inspired by like the layers that people have mm you know and i am finding that a lot of the really great girls around at the moment with character Mm. have lots and lots and lots of layers Mm. to them uh, and have personal style the great thing right about someone having layers to their makeup Mm. uh, is that the layers are really inspiring and when people come with lots and lots of layers, you can do so much more mm. with them. You really can, it's kind of like, there's this kind of canvas that's set out in front of you uh, that you've just got like loads of ideas with. I always find it really quite daunting when I think of like a painter, just to look right at a blank piece of paper. Mm. How, 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 how do they decide what to do. What,
1: what goes where? What
2: goes where? Where does it come from? Because there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't get it. And I, I just think whereas when you've got like all those like layers and, and characteristics and, and 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 also beautiful, beautiful mm. face to work with. I, I, how can you go wrong? Mm. Untangling the complexities. Or not, or even making them even more complex, you know, (laughs) which I prefer, but you know, uh, you know, and and I I think that's it really, you know, and I think a lot of the time, I find that the best work that I I do is um, really kind of overstated. Really, mm. uh, that's quite complicated, but it feels very basic. Mm. A bit what like a, myself. What a
1: conundrum, <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, I know. that.: Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. We're getting the signal. My pleasure. This has been a delight. Could have is talked it? to you for about half a day. Well, easily with several lubricants breaks, obviously. Absolutely. Listeners, there's <laughs> been a lot of coffee in this morning. There is tons. Eugene, thank you. We're going to put really all the welcome. links to uh, Eugene's work, his Instagram, and also where you can find him online. It has been an absolute delight and a pleasure. Been one for me as I well. I hope this is the first of many. So do I. So there you have it. Eugene Suleiman was such an inspiring guy and he knew that one of fashion's visionary hairstylists was also going to be the proud owner of Spider-Man number one. At the next recording, I'm definitely going to make him bring that so I can have a flick through. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put all the links to Eugene's work, his Instagram, everything that he referenced in the show notes. And also don't forget that you can keep in touch with me in the show on Twitter at Emma underscore via the website where you can also sign up for the newsletter, emmagunnawardner.com and also on Instagram at Emma Guns. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Podcast with Emma G. I'll see you next time.